welcome to IG's Trading the Markets. We're joined by a very special guest all the way from Texas. And she is Stacey Morris, Head of Energy Research at Vetify. Thank you so much for joining us, Stacey. It's such a monumental time for the oil and gas markets. There's certainly a lot going on and I'm really happy to be with you. Now, really quickly, just setting the scene, we're at a point now where you know OPEC Plus has just come out saying that it will try and uh, extend those curves. It hasn't done much to support the price of oil. We've got, um, a lot of people forget, two wars still ongoing. Uh, and also this increasing uh, hope and expectations that the Fed might indeed cut rates sometime early next year. What does all this mean for oil and gas prices? Well, I think on the oil side, um, OPEC Plus, I think, can be effective in setting the floor, even though we have seen prices deteriorate after kind of running up into the meeting. Um, and I think that has a lot to do with people just being skeptical about how much oil will actually come off the market in the first quarter of next year. Um, and a lot of um, the issue there is that the headline cut or headline number of 2 million barrels per day is, is actually probably going to be much smaller in reality. Um, and we've had some issues with just the OPEC plus group cooperating um, with the meeting having to be delayed initially. So. I think that's been um, kind of why we've seen oil trade off here since the meeting. And so as we look ahead, I think the oil picture is actually a little bit more murkier than it's been in a while. Even though we have these wars going on, as you mentioned, geopolitical risk is certainly prevalent. Um, but you have also incremental supply coming on from places like the U.S. and Guyana. And you have questions around demand. So I think that's really kind of um, contributing to a little bit more of a challenged oil picture for 2024 um, with maybe, you know, less potential upside drivers, um, you know, barring some kind of really strong economic turnaround that benefits demand or maybe some unforeseen geopolitical event that could, you know, potentially rock the market. Now, have you um, got a uh, range uh, where you're basing your predictions for 2024 for uh, oil? Like, do you have a half-year target, an end, end-of-year target, first-quarter target even? No, we don't. Um, but if you look at, you know, kind of where we are for oil right now, um, WTI is at about 70 and Brent's about 75. And so um, I think, you know, we can be at these type of levels, maybe a little better, uh, could be a little worse. I don't see a lot of movement in either direction for next year, you know, barring some kind of significant unforeseen event. I think it's probably going to be more of a flattish picture um, with OPEC plus defending a floor in prices and potentially Saudi Arabia and Russia um, you know, taking on incremental cuts to help with that. Um, but less potential upside, not expecting oil to get to 100 next year. Um, that's kind of where I see us shaking out. And given that flashes view for uh, prices, I know that um, Vetify, the index provider for the Alarian Midstream Energy Dividend Use, it's uh, ETF. Um, what is the midstream energy uh, sector looking like? Where should investors be positioning themselves given this flashish picture uh, for oil prices? Well, we think midstream is a great place to kind of ride out that volatility in commodity prices. Um, so these are companies that are providing services for a fee. They operate pipelines, storage facilities, processing facilities. And so they have very stable cash flows relative to your other energy sectors. 
And that can be great in an environment where you see oil or natural gas price weakness. Um, and that's exactly what we've seen in 2023. Um, if you look, you know, oil's down over 13%. Uh, you have natural gas prices down pretty significantly, both in the U.S. and you know, LNG prices in Europe. Um, and yet, you know, the midstream space has done very well and is up and outpacing names like Shell, BP, Total. Um, and also because these companies are fee-based businesses, they're also able to pay out very generous dividends. Um, so this is a space that typically yields around 7% which is again, higher than you're gonna find from other European majors. And you kind of layer that in and you're looking at a pretty strong total return for this space uh, in 2023. And we really think that can continue into 2024. As companies generate free cash flow and they focus on returning that cash to investors through both dividends and buybacks. Um, now, I understand that most of these companies are volume-driven businesses that uh, benefit from growing US and Canadian energy production and rising demand, but we are coming up to a year that is like riddled with elections. I think I saw a figure somewhere, 40 elections in the coming year, one of them being the US election. Uh, do you think this could potentially upset the apple cart in the space? No, we really don't see that as a significant threat, um, especially because there's often campaign promises and then there's actually what plays out and what plays out tends to be more of the status quo. Um, so you mentioned that this is a volume driven space and, and there's certainly an element of that. Um, but we've seen you know, US production growth in particular kind of moderate over the last several years. And that's actually been good for this space because they don't have to spend as much on new pipeline capacity and projects and all of this infrastructure that we needed to facilitate you know, the shale boom in the US prior to 2020. So, we actually think this more moderate growth is good for this space um, in that companies are able to you know, spend less, reap cash flows from projects they completed, and they have this excess cash to return it to investors. Um, but to your point of the election, we really don't see that as a threat for this space. And to the extent that we ever see you know, more regulation around pipelines or it becomes more difficult to build pipelines, that ultimately just makes the assets that are already there and in the ground that much more valuable. And finally, if I may, could I just give um, our uh, our clients uh, a, a heads up to some of the maybe the smaller names? You mentioned some big oil majors there, like Total, like Shell. But are there any smaller companies that have caught your eye recently that are of interest? Yeah. So just to be clear, you know, Shell, BP, Total, these are not in the ETF that you mentioned. Um, so I compared with those because I think a lot of European investors typically have some exposure to those names. But really midstream and what we're focused on here is North American energy infrastructure companies in the US and Canada. So names that people may recognize there are large Canadian names like Enbridge and TC Energy, um, large US names like Kinder Morgan or Williams, and then US Master Limited Partnership. Uh, like Enterprise Products Partners, Plains All American. Um, so these are kind of some of the, the names that are in the index. They're going to be a much different exposure than what you'll get from, uh, you know, European majors, the Eurostock 600. And I think it can be a complementary exposure in some ways because you have you know, nicer income, you have more defensive energy exposure that's less subject to what's happening with commodity prices. 
So it can kind of help maybe complement what some people may already have in their portfolio. Um, but I want to make sure that it's clear that this is a, a very different kind of subset of the energy space um, than the energy majors. And these are companies that are providing services for fees instead of you know, being subject to what you're seeing with commodity prices or refining crack spreads um, and those things that can be more variable over time. Stacey, thank you so much for being so detailed. I uh, appreciate your time and thank you so much for being with us. Uh, Stacey uh, Morris, Head of Energy Research at Better Fiber, speaking uh, to me at IG. Thanks for watching. This is IG's Trading the Markets.